Amen. It's a celebration of the good news of Jesus Christ. That song was incredible. We, we, um, we highlight, we emphasize, we live by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel is the good news that Jesus came to save us and to redeem us from our sins. And, uh, and, and, and so many times, by, by the way, my name is Brent. Um, <laughs> some of you, because again, we're still getting to know a lot of folks that are coming in and getting acquainted with us and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I don't know if you know me, especially whereas I've hardly been behind this pulpit for a month, right? You guys are like, this guy's got the sweetest gig in the world. That's what it means to be a senior pastor somewhere. So I'll, I'll, I'll get back to it at some point next month. Um, but I just wanted to emphasize that the gospel of Jesus Christ is what we hold high here because it's changed and transformed our lives. We are used to, uh, as we travel throughout life, getting sold um, a, a system or sold something that we have to achieve or earn or strive for. It makes us feel kind of humanly good. We get something based on our investment or something. And then the gospel comes and changes our whole perspective on that because the greatest thing that could happen to any of us, as that song said was done for us. You know, many people will say that the difference between the gospel and religion is religion is what can I do for God and the gospel is what has God done for us. And so this morning as we get together in our life of the church, in our small groups or in our classes, even in a, a, an event that we had here yesterday uh, with Jeremy Casella, which was just incredible, and many came out to participate in an event that was called Sing the Gospel. And, and, and all that we do as a, a fellowship of believers is to hold high this truth that has transformed us. And Jeremy is a recording artist from Nashville, and he's um, been at it for a couple of decades and has really um, uh, done an incredible ministry around the country and other parts of the world and things. And, and we were able to take advantage of the fact that a church in Brewer was having him come back. They had had him previously. And so we piggybacked off that and hosted him yesterday. And uh, he taught us a couple of um, uh, sessions on why it's important for us to uh, express the gospel in song like we just did and why it reminds us of the freedom that we enjoy in Christ. And it was just a very profound time. And then, of course, he blessed us with an incredible concert. Those of you that were here last night know it's like, oh, that's what Nashville talent sounds like. It was pretty cool. So just an incredible guy, very humble, lovable guy. And uh, we would love to have him back in the future. Maybe not necessarily in the dead of summer, because we know that a lot of people had other places to be, which we certainly understand. So just be praying about that and, and looking forward to those kinds of things. We believe that they enhance the life of the fellowship of the church. But it was really our privilege to have him, not just to be entertained, but to be encouraged and to be led or shepherded into this truth of what the gospel is and what it teaches us. Uh, at faith... You know, we are trying to make the truth of Jesus our way of life. And Jesus said in John 14 that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so we believe that as our mission and all that we can do as a church recognizes that he is the truth and he is our way of life. And we get there through the teaching of his word, through the fellowship of the saints, through the expression of praises and things that we do in, in the regular rhythms of church life. But we also do that through the partnerships that we form for the gospel. And those partnerships have been on display for us in the last month or so as we've invited some guests in to uh, present for us what they've been doing as the Lord's led them. These are folks that we already support as a church. 
And it's a good opportunity for us to be reminded what that support goes to and to be encouraged to pray for the incredible work that they're doing. And, and it's spanned all over the place, hasn't it? Some in foreign countries and some right here in our backyard. And um, for many years, we've been uh, in relationship and in partnership with the Christian Civic League of Maine, which has existed for quite some time and been an incredibly important voice in our state for truth and, uh, and, and for policy and all the things that affect our lives. And in the last several years, I would say in particular, Carol Conley, who is the executive director, has been an incredibly dear friend of mine and very, very encouraging and helpful as we've all tried to weather, what do we do? What does the church do? How do we sound? What's the tone we strike? How do we stand for truth? How do we, how do we uh, make our witness be felt in our community? But at the same time, how do we season it with the grace of Jesus Christ? And Carol and those that are, uh, that are involved with the Christian Civic League have been very important to me, to our leadership team, to many of the pastors in the state. We've partnered together to become part of a, a newer organization, if you will, of um, associated pastors so that we can, from time to time, have a united voice against some of the ungodly things that rise to the surface in our state. And so um, we, we had Carol on our radar screen to be able to come and visit with us this summer to be able to bring us up to speed and to tell us how we can be involved and how we can be praying for them. And um, so that was the plan for this morning. Can you see I'm setting up a change here? Um, but for a week or so ago, a couple of weeks ago, Carol had informed me that he had some very important personal matters to attend to out of state. Um, some difficulty and some tragedy in, in his extended family. And so he was going to be a part of that. And so he knew that it was a bit sketchy or dodgy that he might be with us this morning. And so his partner, the policy director for the Christian Civic League is Mike McClellan. And he and Mike have been planning this for a long time, right? I mean, you've been like, no, I'm just kidding. It's, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like here, you know, next man up. Soon as one guy's out of the way, the other one knows how to fill in and everything. And so Mike has been so gracious to be ready and willing to come and present a lot of the truths that they um, support and they conduct. But I just want to highlight before calling him up and before praying for him and for the, uh, the Christian Civic League is I've been so impressed and so proud of the tone they've struck in the public sphere. If you've ever caught Carol on the radio as he's being interviewed or some of the, pre, uh, the recorded um, presentations they make, I just sit back and I say, I'm so thankful for there's a voice of reason and respect, but a voice of compassion all mixed with the truth of God's word so that we don't have to kind of feel embarrassed that people that have the microphone are um, harming the name of Christ or embarrassing the church. I mean, these guys are doing incredible work and it's a very difficult job. I would probably venture, you'd never hear them whining, but I'd probably venture that every day, I don't know if you've noticed, but everyone's got an opinion about things. You know, if you've ever been on social media, there's this thing called social media where everyone's like huge and heroic behind a keyboard or with their thumbs, but they don't deal with those things face to face. And these guys are dealing with those arrows all the time because everyone, it's vogue to have a, a hot take or a, a controversial opinion. And they're the recipients of so many of these things. So um, Mike is going to come here in a moment and uh, encourage us with what's going on, where their hearts are being led, share with us some scripture. And that will give us an opportunity to pray for them. So, Mike, if you would please come up and we'll just have a word of prayer together and then I'll turn things over to you. Let's welcome Mike McClellan. Sorry. 
Lord, I want to thank you, God, for all that you do through the Civic League. I want to thank you, Lord, for each and every person involved. They're not just policy members. They're not just members of boards or collective think tanks, Lord. They're individuals who love and serve you, who have families, who have churches that they serve in. And, and Lord, while they are uh, fighting the good fight of representing your name in the public sphere, they're also carrying the weight of those things back home. So I just pray for your strength. I pray for your encouragement. I pray for the words that we'll hear this morning. I pray that Mike will be as encouraged as he is encouraging to us this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Mike. So I walked in this morning, and um, I got about 10 feet from the door, and one of the ushers or, or the welcoming people said, oh, you're the speaker. I'm like, how do you know that? He said, well, you're dressed so nice. This, I dress like this every day. Um, and then the other impression, uh, sitting over here, and beautiful worship, and the first song was amazing, and I like to sing, and I'm a terrible singer, and all of a sudden I realized I'm like belting this out, and I have a microphone on. <laughs> Luckily it was turned off, though. Um, so anyway, I am Mike McClellan. Uh, I'm the policy director for CCL Maine, Christian Civic League of Maine. And I'm pinch hitting for Carol Connolly. Uh, he knew, for me at least a week ago, we talked about the possibility of me pinch hitting. I live in Raymond, by the way, down about an hour, 15 minutes from here. He actually lives in Bangor, a little farther up that way. And um, so I knew this was a possibility. And Carol likes to be organized. So he sent me what he was going to say, which was from the heart. I read it, and I kind of, in my head, was like, wow, that's kind of fire and brimstone. And it's like, I, I just wasn't feeling it. <laughs> so, so I just kind of sat on it and sat on it, because I kept thinking, he's going to get back. He's going to get back. And then I was out with friends at dinner last night about 7 o'clock, and he called me. First, actually, he said, hey, give me a call. And I'm like, no, I'm out with friends. I'm not calling you. And he wrote me back, please call me. <laughs> so I found out after that I was speaking today for real. And I just said to my wife, okay, let's finish the night. And then just, no, I'm getting up tomorrow morning at 6, and I'm going to take this thing and tear it apart. So um, I did do that. I usually kind of talk off the cuff, but I'm going to be looking at my notes a lot more today because because it is purposeful as to what we're saying here today. Um, and just to warn you, Pastor basically said I could have all the time I wanted. So it's like 3 o'clock. Is that going to work? Or Okay. All right. So um, Carol's out of state, couldn't get back here. Pastor mentioned we're, we're kind of an old organization, which I assume is a good thing. 1890s, we're over 120 years old. And um, been a, there's been a lot of adventures for the Christian Civic League over the years, um, which maybe is a talk for a different day. But history shows that we were always kind of an organization that was linked to the church, building church, the people, um, you know, as well as society and, and you know, and, and issues that were affecting um, people, poor people, whoever. So um, who am I? Uh, again, Mike McClellan. Uh, sadly, I was born in New York. Um, I apologize for that. Uh, but I've lived in Maine. I stalked a woman who I married, and we moved to Maine. She was a Mainer, and we came to Maine. And we've been here longer now than I, I lived in New York. So I know I'm not a Mainer, but I, I like to pretend that I am. Um, I like to think of myself kind of as a mutt. As I have a recreation therapy degree, working with people with disabilities. I did that for many years. Then I kind of transitioned. It. I ran a chamber of commerce for many years. Then I transitioned into this silly thing. Someone said, you should run for the legislature. 
And I had been school board, I had been select board, I had volunteered at every committee you could think of. And I was like, I don't want to put signs on people's lawns. Um, but I did it, and I won, and I ended up serving in the years Governor LePage was there. I was in that core group. And uh, so I have that experience. And um, I got done, and there's this little law that says you, if you're a former legislator, you can't be a lobbyist, which is what a policy director is, for, I think, 12 months. And uh, believe it or not, not even thinking about that, 13 months after I got done, the job at the Christian Civic League came open. And, you know, I like to think of that as kind of a God thing. So um, I do want to mention, I saw Rep Bradstreet, and I can't see you guys at all. So I know Rep Bradstreet is here somewhere. He is back there, I guess. Um, he's a treasure. And if, I, and if I had to have one complaint about him, it's that he's termed out and he can't run again. Um, but he has been an amazing person. And it makes me think of what your pastor, Brent, said about how we partner. And, and I know you guys do contribute. And people think of that, oh, we send you money. Um, but I can't think of a time this church has said no to us. We've used the facilities here many times. Um, by our, we've been here by ourselves using your facilities. Uh, we've attended conferences and had tables and things like that. <clears throat> so... Excuse me. So pretty amazing, the partnership here. And as I get talking, and I promise I will start talking here, um, it makes me think that I'm probably preaching to the choir today. It makes me think, I said earlier to somebody, when I was a young guy one year in July in church, the pastor was talking about how people shouldn't skip church in July. And I was thinking, well, I'm sitting here. I'm not skipping church. So the things I say today may not, you may say, oh, I got that. Or I hope it'll challenge you a little bit more. Um, so today, uh, you might know the Christian Civic League, if you do know about us, that we really are involved in Augusta in the legislature. And perhaps it's fair to say that we're on the front line of some incredible battles. And um, if the elected leaders, the legislators, the senators, the, the governor, if they're in session, then the Christian Civic League is pretty much there. And, and that usually means me. It could mean other people too, but it usually means me. Um, we do some other things, though, as I think Pastor mentioned, uh, things like this, go speak at conferences. Uh, you'd be amazed the phone calls I get as the policies. And I brought some business cards I'll, I'll put out later on for people to grab. But people call me. These days, they call me about school boards a lot and parental rights and things like that. But we become kind of an answer person. And if I don't have the answers, then usually I can kind of figure out who's, who's got it and who can help. Um, one thing I wanted to mention really quick, I thought Pastor was going to go there, and he didn't. Um, we have a program called the Church Ambassadors Network. And I, I, to me, it's just an amazing program. I think it's out of Iowa. It's either Idaho or Iowa started. But basically, um, where my role is to get into the you know faces of the legislators and try to encourage them to love God, to look to God, to value life, to value family, and to value religious freedom, which unfortunately should be common sense, but are viewed as political rants these days. The church ambassador network that we work with is simply asking pastors to go to Augusta and no politics at all, but to meet and hopefully bond and create relations with their, their, their representative, their senator, you know, so on, so on, or other ones as well. And again, there's no, um, 
No preconceived notions other than that. Uh, amazingly, and this is, this is just crazy. And again, another thing, a God thing is a couple of years ago when we started this and we sent an email to all the legislators and we said, Hey, we're going to start sending pastors up just to, you know, meet you and, and, you know, hopefully support you. Uh, and they're going to, they're going to want to pray for you. And who would like to have a pastor pray for you? And you would not believe how many of the most adversarial legislators to the Christian Civic League, the ones that won't even talk to me in the hallway, said, I would like a pastor to pray for me. So I, I hope that gives you hope like it gives me hope. Um, yeah, so Carol Carol was going to speak, as I said, from the heart today about um, some real passionate things. We just went through a, a real tough session, uh, and, and it didn't go well in some respects. And I just felt led to go in a different direction. I'm going to turn behind me, and I think there was a couple of verses. I don't know if they can put them up. And um, so this comes from 6 o'clock this morning, so be kind in that respect. One is Galatians, yeah. Uh, and it's you foolish Galatians. It's, I'm sorry, Galatians 3, 1 through 3. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? And where I'm going to go with this, I've got one more coming up, but where I'm going to go with this is to talk about getting involved in Augusta, but that it doesn't become your God. And that is something I fight as a policy director. The other verse I put up is Philippians 4.4. There you go. And this is something, boy, this year, when a lot of bad things happened, it was kind of so easy to see God up there. Isn't that kind of funny? It was, things were just burning up. And yet I saw God in so many ways. And it really challenged me to think like this, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. So even when bad things are happening, um, God is there. And I, I, was, I was listening to a podcast on the way up, and it was about it was about Joshua and just all the smoting and all the you know all that stuff that was going on. But then, when you really look hard at it, you can see God's present, God's doing things. So today, I guess I have a goal or a couple of goals, and maybe it's to provoke you, but I also want you to look at how great a God that we have. Make sure we worship the true God. So even um, even as we're looking at the crud up in Augusta, we need to keep in perspective and realize, you know, what's going on. So today's sermon could either be, do we care enough? The title could be, do we care enough? Um, or it could be, uh, this is a counseling session for the policy director of the Christian Civic, Christian Civic League of Maine. Because I'm going to try to stay clear of politics as I continue on, but, I'm, but we're going to talk about politics, I guess, in big picture. And I mean, just the little bit of politics I have to say to you is in the last, I don't know, five years, three years, um, nationally and in Maine, we've created laws that um, make assisted suicide legal. Um, we have all those vaccination things that happen where all of a sudden you didn't, you didn't, after all these years of hearing my body, my choice, now we're hearing, no, the government can tell you to get medicines. Um, we've got taxpayer funding of abortion. Um, the bill I mentioned earlier, I didn't say it, but it, Bill, in my words, it was a, an abortion on demand. Do it, you know, as long as a woman and a doctor agree, giddy up. 
And then we have all this gender stuff going on, which is even for someone like me who's into it every day and all the time, and I actually have four people I know who are transgender, I don't get it sometimes what they're trying to do. Um, and this gender legislation clearly can harm our kids. And of course, we see all over the place that they're trying to block parental rights. Don't tell the parents. How do we get there, you know? these And these are just the big laws. I mean, I could go on and on for smaller and smaller stuff. So as a policy director, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been front and center of all this, and you might say, wow, he hasn't done a very good job, has he? All this stuff got passed. What, what's he doing up there? Um, I'm going to go aside for a second. A couple of years ago, there was a, a conversion therapy bill passed, and my friend Suzanne Lafrenier, who's the policy director for the Catholic Church, and I were up there, and we were fighting it, and we lost like by two votes. It was, it was, it was so close. We thought we had it, and we lost. And so we were out moping around. I think you said we don't mope. We, we definitely mope. We, I whine all the time. Um, so we're out and we're just kind of look, we're, we're sitting, we're just looking around. And then she looked at me and she looked, and it was almost like looking at you folks. She said, look at all the lobbyists that are here. And we're the only two that are doing this, you know? And, and even in my mind, the definition of a lobbyist it's not a bad thing to be a lobbyist. I mean, a lobbyist might be looking for money. They might be looking for power. They might be looking for change um, or product or what. Not, not necessarily a bad thing, but their motives perhaps, and I shouldn't judge, but their motives are to get more money for the company or whatever. You know, and we're basically saying, legislators, please pray about this. So um, what I was going to say in terms of I haven't been doing a good job is, and I don't know that I believe that either, but um, if you know the Harlem Globetrotters, I remember as a kid, that was just awesome to watch the Harlem Globetrotters. It was always like on Saturday, once a month on ABC. Um, they had an opponent. They played the same team every day or every time. It was called the Washington Generals. And I was reading a book, and it was years ago, so I had to update it. But there was one game where, by mistake, the Generals threw the ball up, and it went in, and they won. And the last note that I have said that the record of the generals was one win and like 14,000 losses. Okay, so that's kind of how I feel in my job. Um, so I find myself challenged, and, and that's why I put those verses up there. I find myself challenged. Um, am I going to get eaten up with the politics of what I'm doing and the win-win-win? I'm a competitive guy. I like cowboys and Indians. I like zombie movies, all those things, not because of what they are, but because I like the good guy, bad guy thing, you know? And um, am I going to get caught up in that? And is that going to become like, and I'm a big baseball fan, and not as much as I used to be, but, you know, I think I could look back and say, wow, baseball, the New York Mets was my God for a long time at some point. Everything, my wife still gets, thinks I was more happy. I moved to Maine the year the Mets beat the Red Sox in the World Series. My wife thinks I was more happy when um, Bill Buckner hit that ball. And, and Mookie Wilson scored, you know, the whole thing. She thinks I was happier then than the day we got married. <laughs> okay. So, so on one level, am I going to get caught up in my work so much that it becomes my God? And as I think Pastor mentioned, I'm not nice to people and I challenge people and, you know, and I don't do things that are kingdom centered and Jesus centered. Um, or do I realize the second verse, which is, God is the creator of the universe, and he's got it, and he's got great plans, and it may actually not even include me. I mean, it might, but it just as well might not, and it might not happen in my life. I mean, some of these bills I mentioned are horrible to me, and 
I have to understand, given God's plan, that he maybe it's going to take 400 years before he decides, you know, what, what the, what's going to happen. Um, but I have to know he has great plans. I have to know he wins. And I think those are all things you've heard of before. He's amazing. He's the creator. You've heard all that stuff. Um, and it may not be in my lifetime, but I have to find it in myself to, to keep the challenge going and to try to serve him. So what does my inner battle inside me? What, what does it do with the, the legislative process? Um, is this provoking you? Are you going through a battle yourself on this? Um, looking at the world, you know, it's, it, it's been easy for many years. I go back to the 60s. There's a guy named Paul Harvey had a radio show. And one day he did a radio, a little five-minute clip. You can find it on YouTube. It's only volume. It's not, it's not, um, it's not a video. Um, and I think it was entitled, If Satan Wanted to Take Over the United States, or something like that, so, take over the world, whatever. And he says, if Satan wanted to take over the world, he'd go into the schools and he'd get rid of prayer. And, and I forget, and I forget the, I mean, it's like five minutes of, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. That all happened. It, you know, it's like the frog in the boiling water, right? The frog doesn't know until it's too late. And it sometimes feels like we've gone almost that far. I don't think we've gone all the way, but, um, and so, you know, where are you in this? Are you, are you sitting uncomfortably as I read all those bills to you and say, yeah, we, in Maine, you can do this now. In Maine, you can do this. There was a prostitution bill this year, I think, that, um, basically said the, the John or whatever the word, the John can be held accountable, but the, I don't know if it passed even, but the woman, it's like economic development for her. She's, she wants to go to college. She needs to make money so she can be a prostitute and that's okay. You know, are these things provoking you at all? Are you going through a battle like this? Um, and I know again, for me, God, I mean, politics wants to be my God with the small G. Um, I mentioned sports, money, TV, social issues, being an environmentalist, being almost any one of these, you know, again, you know, the list, these can become our gods. Um, but they don't have to be. We, they, and they're all good things. Not, not one of those things I just mentioned is a bad thing. I love M&Ms. Should I eat five bags of them? No. Um, so how are, I, I guess, so I was struggling this morning. Okay, God, God is my politics, wanting to follow the real, true creator God. And so I went to the Bible, which is a good thing. And I started kind of pulling stuff out of it. I won't read verbatim, um, but I will share this if anyone wants it. So I found kind of three themes, uh, because one of the, one of the things that some people might say to me is, um, yeah, Mike, we have, we, you know, we don't do politics. And a lot of churches say that they don't do politics. Um, so three points I found in the Bible just this morning, kind of scrolling is that you can find a lot of verses where God calls and uses political leaders. So God's involved in politics. Why shouldn't we be? Um, you can find verses that clearly say you should be involved and participate in politics. And then, of course, ultimately the theme, we should serve the highest God who is our God. Um, some people say, wait a minute, wait, separation of church and state. Politics are ugly. I don't care about this stuff. I don't understand politics. Those are all things that we hear, and there's some value to all of them. But the Bible continues because God uses the Bible to give us um, guidance. In Romans, um, we learn that God calls us to respect the authority. So there are verses in Romans, I think there's three, let me see. 
Romans and First Peter, where we're told to submit to the Lord, to submit to the authority, the human authority. Um, yeah. The next thing is, but the Bible tells us, remember God comes first. And Acts and Isaiah both speak about God is the judge. Um, there's a couple, there's a couple of verses in Acts where, um, it's probably Peter and Paul, but they get pulled in, um, by the Sanhedrin or the authorities and are basically said, Hey, stop this Jesus stuff. Do what we tell you. And they say, no, wait a minute. We, should we listen to men or should we listen to the God of the universe? And we know the answer to that. Um, I'll skip over real quick, but, um, Bible obviously says you should pay your taxes. Believe it or not, when you're talking in politics, there's many verses about paying your taxes. Um, another thing which I think is really important and probably undersung in when we talk politics is prayer. Um, and the Bible challenges us, challenges us to pray for our leaders, for authority. Um, believe it or not, and I'll, I'll out myself, I was in the Republican Party when I was a legislator. I'm a Republican head. Um, I'm conservative. You know, you can think whatever you want of all that. Um, but I also know the value of prayer. And believe it or not, the person, I was thinking this morning, person that I pray for the most after my, I guess my family is Janet Mills. And I just have this thing that comes in my head every once in a while. What if Janet Mills came up one morning to a podium like this and just said, gee, last night in my, in, you know, I woke up and, and I was confronted with Jesus and I've accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And um, so I'm going to govern from now on, you know, to glorify him. Boy, I could quit my job. I wouldn't have to work anymore. <laughs> it would be awesome. So um, we are called, and, and if nothing else, when you leave here today, please remember um, that you just we just have to put that on your prayer list, praying for our leaders. Um, Paul LePage, when I was in the legislature, was on the radio one day, and um, he was asked the question, um, what do you think of the legislature? And there was a silence, and then he said, well, I, and this is not a direct quote, but, well, I would say about a third of them are just followers. They're just going to do whatever they're told. And I would say a third of them are, you know, want to be leaders. They, they want to gain. They want to, they want to make something, you know, of themselves for themselves. And then maybe a third of them are really there because they want to do the right thing for Maine's people. And I thought about that. I, I sat in my head. I'm looking at the whole legislative, the how I was in the house. So I'm trying to look at all the bodies and I'm like, wow. Those, those numbers feel pretty close to me. Um, so, you know, when you think of people wanting to make something for themselves or people that are just followers, they, they need God. They need that. So we've got to just pray for these people. Um, the fifth, I, I've mentioned four categories in the Bible that I found. The fifth one, and which is the one is the, the one that's, oh, now you got me, Mike, is that we're called to seek justice, defend the oppressed, help the poor. And Isaiah and Proverbs and Jeremiah all go into that at length. And, and, and again, that's probably one that's one you've probably, those are probably verses you've heard a lot. Um, and it's a sticky one because it's, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's easy to say, I don't want to pay my taxes. It's a little harder to not want to say, I want to help people. Um, but in these days where we can't, we can't define what a woman is or the, the definition of parental rights has changed somehow, magically changed. Um, what does racism mean? What does helping the poor mean? Who are the poor? I mean, there's so many things that are challenging us. 
um, that it's, it's, it, it can be daunting and it can cause you or me to fall into that, um, politics is my God thing, you know, just get so caught up and we see people do it, getting so caught up in the cause that they forget, you know, why they're doing it in the first place. Um, but I, you know, I'm here to report a really unique occurrence happened this year in the legislature, even with all the bad stuff. I mean, literally every bill we fought pretty much all, either they won or the ones we liked lost. There was a couple that we had small victories, but pretty much I was the Washington generals again this year. Now I'm like one in 4,000 or 12,001 or whatever. Um, but we had a unique experience. So we had this bill that um, everybody circled around. Everybody thought this on our side, I should say. And actually, you have a lot of people on their side and the media. And I mean, there were a lot of people agreed on this, that this was just too much for Maine. Um, and people started coming to Augusta. And they came at first to a meeting and they got motivated. And then they came again and they came again. And gosh, I don't know, Representative, how many months they came? Months. People came for months. They came every day for months. I mean, literally every day in the House, there was 50 to 100 people that we would, you know, think thought like us. And it was incredible. And, you know, a lot of them um, would, would say that it was. In fact, I was at meetings where the hallway was full, and we would ask, how many people, this is kind of the first time you've ever done this. And most all the hands, would, like 80% of the hands would go up. Um, these people were new to politics, they they have lives, you know. They have they have jobs. They have kids. They have you know maybe people sick in their yeah. Just they got the gauntlet like every one of us, and yet they started coming because it's, it became important. They realized um, it was going too far. Back from Paul Harvey in '65 telling us about prayer in school to today, it was just getting too much, and so they came every day. And um, you know I like to think in biblical terms, like the scales fell off their eyes. They started to see um, what was going on in Augusta. And I, it was kind of cool for me because sometimes I'm the only one up there doing this. Not always. There's usually somebody. But there's days that I'm the only person up there advocating for what I'm espousing today. And um, we have some really great representatives and senators up there. We have some really great ones. Not enough, but we have some really great ones. But now all of a sudden, 25, 50, 100, more than 100 people are showing up. We're worshiping. I mean, I don't know if you guys follow the news. We're like worshiping in the state house. And that building is like this. It's made for worship. I mean, the, the sound resonated. And if you go on the third floor, third floor, I think, the third floor, I think it's third floor, there's a big rotunda above us. And when someone is up there singing, it, it's incredible. And so that was happening. That was happening, you know, more than you would think. Imagine that, praying and singing in the state house. I thought we had a separation of church and state, right? Um, but so now I've got all these people doing my job. I got 40, 50, a hundred people lying in the hallway and they're talking to legislators. When they, when the legislators talk to them, they're talking to them and they're holding signs. And I was really happy because the signs, sometimes we get the signs that are really pretty bad. We had great signs. People were very positive. It was, I thought for the most part, and, and, and it wasn't any one person doing this. It was pretty much a God thing, I think. But I found myself not being a policy director anymore because they were all doing that. And the legislators would rather talk to them than me anyway, right? Um, I found myself becoming an educator. And with um, apologies to any educators in the room, and my wife 
is an educator. Um, I started going up and down the line, cheering the troops on and then answering questions. And they wanted to know things like, well, how, why, does, why don't they ever start on time? I mean, it says 10 o'clock and it's 1130. They haven't started yet. Okay. I'm not that smart. I don't know. Um, why are the legislators like moving by me so quick and they're like cutting through classrooms to, to you know, why are, why are they trying to avoid me? Um, and probably the biggest one with all the feedback, and I haven't said the word yet, but historic. This was historic. I've been there 20 years. This was his, the crowds for the hearings and the work session and all the meetings and then just coming every day just in case they did it were historic. There's nothing that compares to what was going on. And so the question came, why aren't they listening to us? So we lost that battle and the bill, I think it's like 90 days after the session ends, a bill becomes law. So that's coming in the fall. Um, but as I said earlier, for all the morbidness and, and disappointment and anger and give me some adjectives, um, I saw God working there. Um, he brought so many people to the state house and I believe they are not done. I think they're all in now. Um, we lost the bill, but we might have pulled off an even greater victory in God because there's an election coming up. And I truly believe that the people that experienced all this now realize that you should respect every elected official, but you should not be in awe of them. And that has been an excuse for many of us is I'm not going to go up there because I don't know what to say and they're elected and whatever. They make $14,000 a year. <laughs> so <laughs> um, we don't have to be in awe of these people. Um, so the next election cycle is up for grabs. And I was talking to someone on my staff who um, may be known to some of you here, and she was really disappointed that we didn't pursue the people's veto, which would have been a way to try to lock the bill out. A lot of work, a lot of cost. We decided not to do it. And she was really disappointed about that. And I, and I was kind of too, but the, the factoids kind of suggested the way we went. And I said to her, after we went back and forth, back and forth, trying to top each other, I finally said, you know, if we had done a people's veto, and we even we had won, and we had killed this bill, all that meant was that we'd be back next year doing it again, right? We, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a systemic change. If we take these energies and these people that have come forward, and we go attack an election, and we elect like-minded people that fear God and look to God and ask questions and respect the populace and all that, you know, blah, blah, blah. That could be system changing. We could go back and erase the bad stuff. We could do good. When I was in the legislature, it was the only time the Republicans were in charge of the governor, the House and the Senate, I think since Nixon or not Nixon. Yeah, Nixon, 1970s, I think. Well, we had all three. We had all three. So basically we had a blank check. We could do what we want. That's where charter schools came from. We, I, I was on that committee, actually. We actually got charter schools. Wouldn't happen today. Wouldn't happen last year. It just was those two years. God gave us a break to get in there and do it. So that's the possibility of putting our resources towards an even bigger goal. So, um, yeah, you know, ultimately, I think a lot of people didn't want to be there, but they saw the greater good in it. So I'll wrap up, and I told the pastor if there were questions. Um, I didn't talk about Christian Civic League as much as maybe you wanted to hear or not. But um, in closing my personal counseling session here, thank you very much. I feel a lot better. Um, it was hard. This was a hard year. It stunk. It really was. It stunk. 
And I can think of a lot of biblical people that had days like that probably too. Um, the majority leaders in Maine don't care about God. And, I, and I, do I want to say that out loud? I really don't want to say that, but I'm going by actions. The majority leaders in Maine, and if you read the Bangor Daily News last week and you read all the texts that the newspaper got, they, they FOIA'd, which means Freedom of Information Act, they got texts. Very interesting conversations that they had the day of the vote. Um, I don't think they care about the church. I don't think they care about the things they valued. And look at parental rights. comes right out of me. How the heck did that happen? That all of a sudden, parents are the bad guys. Um, and I don't, you know, and I think some parents have abdicated, but how did we get there? Um, they saw historic numbers come to Augusta. Not once, not twice. When they came the first time, it was like, what, 2,400 people came or something? I know the people on the other side said, wow, that was really impressive. Let's, now let's go back and do what we want because that, that was nice. But then people came back and people came back and people came back. And, and at some point they had, I guess, to make up some other thing in their head. Um, but they're agenda driven, unfortunately. They're not God driven. Um, and there were, there were many days, as I said, that I wanted out, you know, and I thought about that coming up here and, you know, no God, send somebody else. <laughs> You know, Moses, I think, said that. Esther really didn't want to do it. Gideon didn't want to do it, right? And so many others in the Bible. And I'm not comparing myself to any of those people other than I'm human and I know my, I know I'm sinful and I know that I can't do it without God. And maybe that's my biggest learning is I can't do it without God. Um, so I, we, the Christian Civic League, even the people that showed up there can't do this alone. Um, so I, my challenge for you today, after having said all that, and thank you again for the counseling, is where, where is your place in that war? And it's a war. It is, this is a war for our family, for our state. Um, I wouldn't have said until two years ago, we're a blue, which means a uh, progressive state. I, I feel that way now. I do feel that way now because of what's happening. Um, so what am I asking people to think about and consider as you walk away today? Um, and you might say, are, are you saying I should come to the Capitol? And I'm like, yeah. I kind of am, but we know that everybody can't do that. And we know that everyone shouldn't do that. Um, but there's a whole list of things you can do. Um, and I mentioned earlier, you can pray, right? We can all pray. Boy, if anybody walks out of here and isn't praying, I'll be disappointed in you. I'll be coming. I'll be coming back here to talk about it. Okay. Um, you can get more involved in your community. Does that mean run for the school board? Yeah, maybe I, I did it bunch of times. I'm on a school board right now, actually. Um, but even again, it doesn't mean you have to be on the school board. You can be a volunteer. I got my political start volunteering in a kindergarten classroom for my kids. That's where my politics, believe it or not, started. Because my wife was an educator and she kept saying, oh, you could be on the school board. You could be the PTA president. You could, you know, it was always I could do it, but um, <laughs> uh, so you could do that. You could get involved in that respect. Um, it might mean on really important days, and if you really want to know about that, you can contact the Christian Civic League. We have a list. We are very respectful of that list. But there are days we say, hey, we need people to write letters to the editor. We need people to come to Augusta today, not 59 days, but one day. You could do that. And I, you know, as I look around the room, and I'm trying to think, I know you guys tend to have really good representatives and senators, so I'm not looking to trip any of them up. But it might be the case there is somebody other than Rep. Bradstreet <laughs> that God's going to call to run for the legislature. In fact, I think there's an opening, isn't there? 
um, in another year. So um, there are so many ways you could get involved. Um, one advantage we have, this came to me the other day. I don't sell myself as a very smart person. I have degrees and stuff, but, you know, I think I'm more of a doer. My wife is the thinker. She gets nothing done. I break a lot of things. Um, but God put this quote in my head the other day, and I thought it was kind of cool, actually. I, th- I really kind of praise him for that. But when you think about this battle that we're in, there's two sides. And, and this one side is... And again, I hate to say this. I don't really want to say this. They're about breaking down society and family and, and some things that we probably would stand here and say those are important things to being healthy. They're about, you know, self. And then, and I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to sound pompous, but I think on our side, we screw up all the time. I screw up all the time, but I do want us to be God-driven, you know, and all that. Um, it's not a fair fight that side and what I'll call our side. But it's funny, if I say that, and you you might say, well, yeah, they've got a lot of money and they got this. It's like, no, 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 it's the other way around. It's not a fair fight to them because they are driven by today. They are driven by winning. They are driven by, go to the Bible, earthly treasures. They are driven by just now. We, I hope, I hope we are, we're driven by eternal stuff. And that's how I can look up there and I can be all frustrated about what's going on and yet trust God because he's, I know he's got a great plan, much better than I have. And, and I don't ever, very rarely ever understand his plans, but they tend to be pretty good. Um, so it's not a fair fight, but it's our advantage. It's not a fair fight. Um, I think it's pretty cool. So I want to thank you for listening. Um, Christian Civic League of Maine really appreciates you guys. Uh, one more thing about us: we don't take grants. We don't, um, you know, we don't generate monies anyway, other than people say you're doing a good job. You know, you're up there doing the battle, and they send us a check. And I'll tell you, I was told when I started my job, we've got to respect these. We get like two dollars from little old ladies, and I, you know, in my head, I'm like, yeah, right. And then I started opening the mail and I started seeing $2, $2 and $5 and, and things like that. So, um, we have a great website. It can help you in many ways. And even though I talked mostly about politics, it's not all about politics. We do some other cool stuff. So as well, um, I'll leave my business cards here. And, um, if you have any questions, otherwise I'm good. So uh, you had just given us some closing actions and things. Sure. Right? That, so you stole my thunder with some of the questions I was going to ask you. Uh, the first is, I, um, I wish you got a little more energy. I don't know why you are so laid back. Um, secondly. I'll work on it. <laughs> uh, and I, and that, I that's wish usually, you. That's usually a good thing for a 25-year-old, but for a 63-year-old. <laughs> and then I just wish you were a little humbler. That's all. You know, it's kind of. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Pretty sweet to see. Uh, and I also appreciate the guy whose head is entrenched in politics to say, don't make politics your God. That's a very important lesson in things. And it's so hard, you know. I mean, I, 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 so much of God's stuff I know, and then I find myself down the street before. It's like, oh, wait, right. don't do it that way. Well, it, because politics has been set up to be like winning a game, like you said, yeah. with the, yeah. uh, the basketball analogy and stuff. And so yeah. both sides, whether it's an R or a D, knows how to move the machine or the system for us to get involved emotionally right, right. and to make it all about 
what we do at the polls. So then after, if it doesn't go our way, we walk away like this. Or if it goes our way, we feel like we've just won the battle and everything's behind us. But I think what you guys are calling us to is a more steady, not so much just getting ginned up every two to four years. Yeah. But it's something that's involved in, in something more than just one side winning a political race, right? And I, and I think it's a good point. And I think, again, it came to me this year that um, this is not going to ever be done. And I was telling people in the hallway, you, you, even if we won, and we, we actually thought we were going to win that bill. It was the abortion on demand bill. We actually, again, reading the papers, <laughs> they thought we were going to win it. And then they pulled some stops out and they, and they pulled it out. We thought we were going to win it. Um, and I was telling people, but you realize it, that just means we got to come back and do it again. Yeah. And that, and you know, you want to be kind of biblical and say, okay, basically until Jesus comes back, we're in this. So my jokes about retiring, yeah, not happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, any, any way that we can pray specifically for you or your family, anything? I, I always hate that question because I feel yeah. like I need to come up with no, something that's I got really a great profound. But so I have two children, Maggie and Pat, that Maggie's older, two years apart. My wife is Michelle. Um, she's an educator in Cape Elizabeth. She's actually uh, in administration. And um, both of our kids left Maine. Imagine that, kids leaving Maine. <laughs> Can't believe it. Good news, we just both, we had our first two grandchildren. So we have an Oliver and we have a Luca. Hmm. So that's all cool in the last year. Um, it's been a lot of tension. My daughter's a musician. Oh, she's not, but she's in music. And, and my son's an educator, and they live near Boston. And so you can just imagine, even though they grew up Christian, they grew up um, conservative, you know, the influences on them. And there have been times my job has, you know, shut me out of my kids for short periods of time. Yeah. Um, and you can, I'll let you make up the reasons why. And right now things are okay, but it's a constant struggle is, that's why I say every day I think about what else could I be doing? Yeah. And that, and I think that's an important reason why if we just live by the R or the D, yeah, we run into, you know, some very difficult things because in the last few years that didn't really matter. There was a lot of things just in terms of voicing an opinion or having a question, yeah. even those that we love or that we're closest to said we can no longer break bread together or we can't have thanksgiving together and all this kind of thing and so it's very important that we pray for those kinds of things because i think there's so many people that have run into those same tensions if you um and i and i want to be really clear because i am i am republican i'm conservative um the parties pretty clearly fall to two sides but that does not mean every republican and every democrat agree and there were some democrats in fact there was one in waterville uh, Representative Smith, Br- yeah. Br- White, sorry, White, White, yeah. White, White, um, who really put himself at risk he's been by, very, he's by been standing very... up and saying this is wrong and I'm not going to support it. We run into him often at the events that we do in town or I got to pray with him in the halls of the legislature in the uh, Capitol building. Yeah. And, and, he, and he said, I see what faith is doing in my town and I really appreciate what you guys are doing. And, and I don't think he understands all that we're doing or why, sure. but it's just from an outsider's ob- observable opinion. Sure. Um, you know, and a part of the, I think that's part of the fear that we've had and, and the reason why this is the most you'll hear about politics in a long time. And it's not because faith is saying we don't do politics. It's because it's been co-opted by a message that yeah. says it's all about one side winning and making sure a political thing goes a certain way. So we've been more thinking and praying towards the policies that we know that God's word stands for. Right. And that's what I think what you guys represent so well. And Carol's been 
in good communication with us on some of these personal conversations he's had with the governor, some of the governor's staff, the other legislators that we would say they have a D next to their name. We can't talk to them. We don't agree. And then we're going to hate each other on Facebook. Instead, we found ways to be praying for. And and, and that was my experience. When I went to the halls of the Capitol, there were several people that agreed to meet with me and let me pray over personal matters I'm for them. This, I'm like, holy cow, it I was, can't believe I, that person wants I prayer. was going, yeah, Great. right, they're not going to do that. Yeah. And they did, and I got to pray right there. Now, you mentioned earlier, and it kind of was quick, but you mentioned that, Carol, you and some others have started a pastor group to advocate. Yes. I guess if that's the right way to say it. I haven't been really involved with it. But I want to paint a picture for you that we had, we've had abortion hearings and people always complain, well, the church doesn't get involved. Well, yeah, the church gets very involved. Unfortunately, it's the churches that support the other side. And so when you think of that abortion on demand hearing, one of the lead uh, woman pastors with Rainbow and, you know, she came up and great, she testified. That allows Janet Mills, Governor Mills, to then the next day get up and say, yeah, we're going to pass this abortion bill and the church agrees with us. Yeah, and that's, and that's really yeah. one of the main reasons why that group was formed so that we could say, well, some churches agree yeah. with you, but yeah. not all. And so here's an official statement, you know, stating the other case. Right. And so that's still in formation, still something that we're meeting regularly about and, and moving towards. And it's an exciting thing because it's built more on relationship with, like you said, it's more the relationship with the legislators than it is just about us talking to some microphone and saying, this is what we stand for. And because and in this day and age, it comes across as charged hatred for, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we're just shutting down the other. And that's not what I ever see from you guys and what we're being you know, led to, to do from the scriptures. Yeah. I, and I, another failing, I, boy, this really is a counseling session. Thanks there, for letting us just have this conversation. <laughs> there, there are, and I've really worked on this this year. There are many legislators that I know, particularly on the other side, that I don't even approach. And I have to get that out of my head, I, you know, that no one is lost. I mean, Jesus would approach them. But I just know if I approach, and I'll, you know, to name, say, Portland, people from Portland, they're just not going to yeah. want to talk. Yeah. I, had a, I had a talk with a guy actually not from Portland, from southern Maine, more southern Maine, and didn't, had never met him, and we just kind of sidled up to each other, and we're just kind of chatting around. Nice guy, and he is a business guy, and we were talking about economic development, and it was like 15 minutes, and I finally, stupid, I said, I'm going to go there. I said, yeah, you know, um, my organization is not really excited about that abortion bill, and he said, I love it. I think it's the greatest thing ever, and he walked away from me. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, there's not a lot of open dialogue. So there was not a lot of open dialogue, yeah. All right, right. well, let me pray for you once again. If you would, please stand, and let's close our time out. Well, actually, we'll be having the worship team come up here, but let's just pray for Mike and for all that's going on there. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, again, for uh, allowing us to be challenged. Lord, there are um, constant moments of discomfort in this conversation because of the times that we live in. The fact that we can't even in ease or in openness, just hear something discussed without having our minds made up. And that's just the the culture in which we live. I'm praying, Lord, for the church to be bigger than that. I'm praying, Lord, for the church to be uh, more savvy than more wise than that, to find your heart in all of this. Lord, you own the political landscape. You own uh, the, the policies. You own all of those things. Lord, it's just whether or not people will obey you is what it comes down to. 
So God, let us chase your heart and hear your voice. Let us not be beholden to one particular party and make that our be all end all. Help us, Lord, not to feel like the battle is won just because a vote or a policy goes our way. Help us, Lord, to be uh, constantly willing to stay in the battle, to protect and to take care of those that we need to show compassion on. Lord, your, your, your system or your method or your way of doing this is always for the best interest of the vulnerable, the best interest of those who can't help themselves, the best interest of those who don't know the truth of your word. And so, Lord, if we approach all of this with that as our utmost goal, rather than just feeling good about what we've done or winning a particular race, Lord, I believe that your people will shine in that environment. I pray, Lord, that, uh, that we would be sensitive to your leading in that regard. We do again pray for Mike's family. We know, Lord, that what he represents for the tensions in which we feel when these discussions come and these decisions have to be made is something that so many of us in this room are feeling and have run into. I pray, Lord, your grace. And, Lord, I pray mostly for your strength and endurance to be able to bite, your, bite our tongues when necessary, to open our ears when necessary, to speak uh, truth, but to speak it gently and to not ever waver from what you've called us to. So I pray, Lord, that you would give each and every one of us strength and have your blessing on the McClellan household, on the Conley household, and for all that they serve with. Give them, Lord, your face and give them, Lord, your energy in these days ahead. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being Thanks with so us. God bless. Appreciate Thanks. it.